Welcome to the process of things. Does stuff work? We're going. We're live. Yay. Hello. Hello. We're re-recording. Ruth didn't like my monologue about my... Stop. This is like a re-re-record. This is a re-re-re-record. We screwed up our mic on the first recording of Mm -hmm. episode two. The process of things does stuff work. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a good one. It was very funny. We'll try only try to be as funny and witty as we were that day. <laughs> we still have good stuff to say. It's, uh, it's always harder to redo. Yeah. Because the way we try to do our podcasts is by being really spontaneous. And when we did our first series, somebody said to us, it sounds like you have a script. And we do and not have so, a script. We so don't have a script. We did have more structure in our podcasts in the first series, and so we decided to not do that. So this is truly just a conversation with us with a couple of bullet points on things that we want to talk about. So we were but very we disappointed. But we just let it rip. And then we let it rip. And so our, the last one was great, and then we found out that only one of our mics was turned on. So that would have been a very <laughs> very difficult conversation for you, the listener, I to was okay out. with it. You could kind of hear me in the background just nice and quietly. <laughs> It would have sounded like you were sitting off in the corner of the office reading a book and then just commenting every time you felt like you had something to say. Our excellent editor, Jason Hatcher, Mm -hmm. um, said, no, no, no. No, that's not okay. We can't. I was like, can you edit my volume back up? He said, no, you must re-record. So here we are. This is us re-recording episode two, episode two of The Process of Things, Does Stuff Work? This season is all focused on difficult conversations uncomfortable conversations. And this particular episode um, is designed for the person that might have to tell someone that they're not getting a pay raise or a promotion or the job that they applied for. You know, it's just kind of saying, no, Peter, no pay raise for you. No pay raise for you. And then Peter gets really mad or not. I mean, there's a range of possible reactions, I suppose, to that kind of thing. And that's what makes people scared. It's true. You don't know what you're going to get. Well, we'll see. I'm Nicole North. And I'm Ruth Henderson. And we're your host today. And so welcome to the process of things where we're going to take current business trends and buzzwords and let you know whether they work or not. And so today we're going to let you know whether it works to tell Peter no pay raise for you. Yeah. Or what will work, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And so our first kind of bit is always like, why is this so hard anyways? You know, this is this is business. Why are we getting so fussed up about saying, Peter, you don't get a pay raise? I think that there's some people for whom this is not difficult. And they will, they maybe to the, the opposite extreme, right? They're like, it is business. Nicole, you didn't get the raise. I've been telling you, you didn't do your work. I think a, most people would have some, some piece of them somewhere inside that would say, this is going to be really awkward. How do I do this in the way that's going to be most impactful and least, if not hurtful, at least not offensive or whatever. And then the full other end of the spectrum is the person who's literally like wringing their hands and yakking into their recycling bin. Terrified to have the conversation. This conversation is so uncomfortable for them. Yeah, it's that, you know, you know that old phrase where people would say, um, when you go to a dinner party, don't talk about religion or politics or money. This is one of those things. And it's talking about money, talking about salaries, and 
the last time when we, our first re-record of this, we talked about how this topic of salaries is intensely personal to people because you could associate it with Maslow's hierarchy of needs where the first level is physiological needs, being able to provide food and shelter and warmth for your loved ones and yourself. And it really hits at that. It also hits fire, uh, farther up the scale when it talks about that feeling of being valued um, and providing and contributing to society. And I think that those things, when you have that, that spectrum, as you pointed out, of people who are terrified to do anything to the people who aren't terrified but don't take a step, uh, take a moment to breathe and think about it, it's all tied into the person sitting across from them and their feelings of self-worth. Yeah. Or even the ones that you're projecting on them as the speaker. Yeah, and I mean, you know, in the famous words of Kim Cattrall in <laughs> episode, I don't know what, of Sex in the City, you know, they don't call it a job for nothing. I like that. Well, um, uh -oh. for those of you that know the context, I'm not going to go there, but Ruth is blissfully ignorant right now yes, to I the context. maybe three episodes of that <laughs> series. So. Um, but, you know, people go to work and do work. Like, it's not called, I go for fun today. Today I'm going to the fun. Mm -hmm. I must report to fun at 9 a.m. and I come home at 5 p.m. It's called work. And so you go in and work every day and it's a job and it's hard and it can be unpleasant. Um, and you're doing it and someone's not recognizing yeah. what you're doing mm -hmm. or saying that, you know, Samantha is better than you are. Samantha's getting a pay raise. Yeah. Why not me? Yeah. I'll never forget. One of my bosses at one point said to me was like, oh, well, look at Samantha. She's in the office every day until eight. And I was like, well, but she's just sitting there waiting for you to get out of your office so that you can sign things. Are you suggesting that I just sit at the office until eight just because I would I, think I that you would same story. You might value my expedience and efficiency more than my ability to just hang at the office until eight. Yeah. And and I'm imagining that wasn't that long ago comparatively. Uh, no, it's like seven years ago, maybe yeah. eight years ago. My story's from the nineties. And it was my first second, my second manager as uh, a work, a full-time working adult. And it was his first management job and he was comparing me to other people and saying, look at Joe over there. He's there every day until seven or whatever. And I said, he reads the newspaper. <laughs> and I wasn't even kidding, literally pulled out the newspaper at five o'clock every day and sat at his desk and read it until seven. And my boss's answer was, yeah, but he's here. So that would be his uh, and he also came right out and told me I was the lowest ranked analyst in the company, That's which nice. was really wonderful and very helpful feedback. Ha ha. But that was the way he told me that I didn't get a raise. Yeah, I'll, my probably, um, you know, I'm supposed to save stories till later, but sometimes they're so good that yeah. we just can't. Um, I went in for a performance review and my boss was saying, you know, you're doing a great job. Everything you're doing is fantastic. Keep doing what you're doing. Also completely useless, useless. feedback because mm -hmm. there's always things to improve. And uh, and then he started talking about, you know, the role he was creating that was going to be more advanced and more strategic and that he was looking for someone with um, real gusto and passion for financial transactions. Oh, 
<laughs> right. And that they were going to work across the province and that they had to be someone that was a great people person. And I am so naively, my little 22 year old self was nodding her head so vigorously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. Got yes, it. Yes. Like saying yes. And I'm thinking he's talking about the job that he's designing for, for me. And I, you know, stand up and thrust my hand out, you know, ready to shake his hand and say, Brian, I am ready to take on this challenge. And he said, oh, no, you're going to do the grunt work for that person that I hire. Oh, and Lord. And I was mortified, mm-hmm. mortified. I just could have crawled into my own shoe. Mm-hmm. And I was so upset and thought, wow, all those characteristics that you were talking about that I thought you were talking about me were not for me at all. Yeah. That I was only good for grunt work. That was like a big TSN turning point for me. Both of those people in my story and your story, they sound like they're completely oblivious. They're on that one end of the spectrum that just doesn't get it. You know, I think he did get it. Hmm. I think that in that in that particular instance that was a reflection of the um of the culture in that organization was really based on generational type mm-hmm. and that the in that organization in order to get prom- promoted it was about the length of time you had been there yes not about the quality of your work so And it was like a crazy length of time. It was like if you were there for 10 years, 15 years, that's when you got a promotion. Mm -hmm. So to expect a promotion after five years was absolutely laughable. But again, what I meant was he sounded like he was completely oblivious to what you were thinking and what was going on in your head and how his news, when maybe he thought he was sharing his plans, (laughs) were going to hit you. He hadn't taken that time to consider what might be the reactions that this person has when I give her this news to really think about it? Yeah. And in those kinds of situations, I mean, if you have a trust relationship and you've worked with someone forever, then maybe you don't need to take so much time to prepare. I would say that if you're talking about money, you always need to take time to prepare Yeah. and say, you know, let's say you're giving somebody, let's say you're going to give Peter the average salary raise, but due to the economy, the average salary raise is one and a half percent, right? And you think, he's getting the average, so what? I'm going to tell him, good job, good solid job, here's one and a half percent. I need to think about that. It's a money conversation. I need to think about Peter, what he's like, what my last year has been like with him, what do I know Mm. about him personally? And I need to prepare and say, Peter could go, awesome, thanks, and leave, or he could go one and a half percent, after all I've done for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't know. It's true. And I mean, probably to my boss at that time, he was just like, but of why course would you're you, not getting Of course promoted. you're not getting promoted. Mm-hmm. You're like 22 and you've been here for five years and mm-hmm. everyone else is twice your age and has been here 15 years or longer. Mm-hmm. So I think to him, it was just yeah. like, it was just an, an assumption. That's he made I mean. an assumption. Yeah, and, and so did I. I was naively... Yeah. 22, bobbing my curls around and thrusting my hand out for a big official handshake. Well, you've got the people that are oblivious in in kind of like just completely blind to it. Nothing, no malintent. And then you've got the people who are heartless, right? Um, Both of whom could stand to take a few minutes 
and think about what conversation they're about to have with Peter, who's not getting a raise. Take a quick pause. And so it's interesting. It's that like this to me, this is one of the hardest conversations to practice Mm -hmm. because unlike other difficult conversations and coaching conversations and on the fly stuff, you can really do it all the time, you know, practice giving feedback, practice. But this is one of those things that kind of happens like either once a year, maybe once every few years, who knows? Um, It's a difficult one to practice just out of the um, lack of opportunity to practice having this conversation. Sure. What would happen if you were to relate telling somebody about a salary increase or not um, to a performance management discussion? It's really, you know, let's say some bargaining agents, for instance, some unions, there's no discussion on what your raise will be. It is X. So really, we're not going to talk about your raise, but we will talk about your performance, hopefully. Yeah, right? hopefully. So it's that kind of thing of being able, if you can't talk about it, the money and the salary more than once a year or every couple of years, can you talk at least talk about performance and having that same approach? Yeah. Well, and if you're consistently talking about performance, mm-hmm. week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, then on those occasions where you do have to have a pay conversation, it should be well backed by a million performance conversations. So, you know, when you finally do go in to tell Peter in the third year, you know, who's expecting a promotion this year and say, you know, I'm so sorry, you're not going to get it. Peter says, what? I don't understand. You can go back to, well, remember our conversation in April of last year and of, in April of the year before and in May of the previous year when we talked about performance, right. I indicated to you that these were three areas you need to improve and those items are still on, you know, this is the benefit of right. doing formal performance reviews that are It just paves the way documented. and makes difficult conversations easier. Not easy. No. It's still, even with all that history, it's still... If you're if you're a feeling person at all, it's still hard to look at someone in the face and say you're not getting a raise or you're getting yeah. less than average or less than you're expecting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just hard. It's just hard. Mm-hmm. Adulting is hard. Adulting is hard. Managing is hard. Leading is hard. Mm-hmm. Why is it? I mean, I think this is pretty obvious, but why is it important that we do it? Have the difficult conversations, the angry conversations? Well, and have this salary conversation. I mm. mean. It's respectful. At the, I mean, there's so many reasons, right? And you said it's kind of obvious. For us, it is because we're in the business. But when you look at the ability to engage people, to give them an opportunity to express surprise or thanks or frustration or anger, um, it's respectful to them and to your relationship. And it's. I would say a cost of doing business of setting the future properly. Again, hopefully you've had the discussions in the past, so it's not a surprise, but at the very least, you're establishing the future path by talking about it now and not just giving somebody a letter with a number in it. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks for coming out. Here's your 3%. Yeah. And interestingly, like if you're in an organization that doesn't have a formal salary increase or pay for performance or any of those kind of programs let's say you're in an entrepreneurial firm or something like that um i was watching will and grace the other day and 
Karen was asking mm. Grace for a for a raise, mm-hmm. saying, you know, I want a raise for all the value I provide to you. And mm-hmm. so, you know, these conversations may not be happening happening because you've planned for a pay conversation. It could be Peter or Karen walking into your office saying, That's right. I want I deserve a raise right. and here's all the reasons why. Yeah, I never thought about that. The ad hoc salary conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're so used to, you know, larger organizations that have structure around this, but yeah, if it's not, and you hear that, you know, so-and-so there was an organization I was in, um, years ago and I was hired in at a higher salary than a peer of mine. Mm. And she was not happy about it. And, uh, I was hired in at that salary because of my education and I met some different criteria. Also, they had changed the salary bands. And they weren't, as is typical in many organizations, they weren't raising the salaries of people who are already in the business to keep in touch with what it takes to attract new talent. Created mm-hmm. a very difficult um, space for her. We had a conversation about it that was fine. But she did have a lot of issues. And so that would have been those ad hoc conversations. And how do you say to someone, I get that, you know, Ruth was hired in at this salary, and no, I'm not adjusting yours. Ooh. Right? Because somebody's going to come in ostensibly angry right off the bat. I just heard that Ruth is making a billion dollars a year, and I'm only making half a billion. Yeah. So if we were to create kind of, and to help our listeners out, because our listeners are like, okay, so What's the point? what am I going to do? How yeah. am I going to have this conversation? You know, what are, what are the steps that we're going to take in having this, you're not getting a raise conversation. Yeah. So, you know, whether it's formal or informal, I think the, the, the steps kind of stay the same. Mm-hmm. You've got to, step one is, clearly articulate you know and this is I think a challenge that I don't know whether it's we as Canadians or um, just people generally averse to conflict have is that we're always you know we're trying to not say the hard thing so it's not Peter you're not getting a raise this year and here's why right we say like you're really great we do the Oreo sandwich you were really amazing this year kiss with a kick yeah, you know, but we're not going to give you an increase, but we really, really love you, and maybe next year, and we kind of, you know, you just put so much butter on the popcorn, you can't even Did you just make that taste up? the corn at all. <laughs> it's not even crunchy Especially anymore. Especially if it's burnt. Yeah. yeah. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I do. We're, There's too many people who love to just sugarcoat everything. They're so afraid of giving that feedback that they hide it. In all this other fluff. Yeah. And we so love having you here. You're doing a great job. <laughs> um, you're, unfortunately, your salary increase is going to be 1.5% versus the average of 2 But keep doing what you're doing yeah. because with practice, you'll get there. Thanks so much. Yeah. And so what was lost in there was the... The real message. The real message. And the ability to give proper coaching feedback on what someone is doing well, to be able to be specific. Last time we talked about ASBE mm-hmm. in our, la- we did, right? In our last podcast, we talked about hopefully. Ad- ASBE, hopefully. <laughs> and that was that ability to be very specific about giving somebody feedback to say, can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. Here's the situation, here's the behavior, here's the impact. And this 
being able to deliver a message like this can even follow um, a modified ASBE format. It can, it can be, okay, you're here, yeah. we're going to talk about salary. When we talked about these types of performances, the impact was this. And you're working on that, and we're not there yet. And then being quiet. Yes, because I think we... When we get nervous, when we get uncomfortable, we like mm -hmm. to fill the space. Mm -hmm. So step one is clearly articulate the point. Do not beat around the bush. Do not do the kick with a kiss. Do not do the Oreo sandwich method. Mm -hmm. Just say the hard thing. Say the hard. You can even preface it and say, I have something difficult to say. Yeah. Or this is uncomfortable. This, this is, is uncomfortable. Awkward. This is whatever is a great way to say that. Um, and then I think step two is now be quiet and wait for the response. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you might have an employee that's going to look at you and go, you know what? You're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. And I know it. Deep down inside, I know that I'm not performing my best. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to make the change and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And that's you what your fingers crossed hoping for. Um, the alternative is Peter absolutely... Well, yeah, and you're, 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 when they say, I know it, you're right, you're saying, tell me more about that. You're coaching them to fully understand what oh, needs yeah. to change in the next 12 months. So that's the best, like you say, the best case scenario. And the other side is maybe you haven't even gotten a chance to broach this. Maybe they've barged into your office with this ad hoc salary issue and they're angry beyond belief. Or you are having a formal salary discussion and they just become angry beyond belief. Or yeah. they might go away, say everything's cool, and come back and be angry beyond belief because For who sure. knows, a friend, a, a partner, somebody said, you need to go in there and stand up for yourself. So what do you do? Yeah. Somebody's in your face. I actually have some had some people yelling at me. But in your <laughs> Is that the one we talked about the other time where someone just ro crumpled up the performance review and <laughs> threw it at you? It wasn't a salary discussion. <laughs> you still like That's that one. That's my favorite. That's yeah, my favorite story. Yeah, me in the face. <laughs> um, but um, no, somebody's livid. They're in your face, angry, and saying, Nicole, how can you say that? Look at these things. How about this? What about that? Or they even don't even talk about themselves. They keep saying... But you're paying Sally more and you're paying Peter more and you're paying all these people more. And I've been here longer than that. You know, yeah. ridiculous. It's stuff. during that anger phase. You really need to sit back, listen. Um, no, I want to yell. I want to counteract. No, that's what people do, though, right? They don't listen. They immediately get defensive and you're in there yelling. Yeah. And they yell back. Or they, they go, yeah. now just hold on a minute. As the, as the manager in this conversation or, you know, as the leader in this conversation, you've really got to sit back and listen and find the source of this anger. Mm -hmm. is, is the anger really anger at you? Are they really incredulous? Like, are they like, do they not believe that this is actually happening? Are they so, yeah. um, what's the word? Are they so, um, not self-aware of their own performance that like they absolutely have no they have no concept yes. they have no idea they that have, they yeah some people are what's that called like they're completely delusional yeah. like what they believe they are doing and what you're saying they're doing are two different things mm -hmm. you know or are they having a tough time at home and you know their mortgage rates just really went up and this rate this not getting this raise is really going to impact them and yeah. they are now having an emotional reaction to not their work performance, yeah. not you, but something else that's going on. Yeah. 
So what do you what do you say that person? Are you saying then that person is going off and they're yelling and you should just let them yell? For a little while at least. Mm-hmm. As long as it's you not know? abusive, yeah. Yeah, and you know, kind of, you know, our first kind of tool for this kind of angry thing is to use Lester, right? Listen, echo, sympathize, thank, evaluate, and resolve. Um, and so, you know, listening is the first step and really kind of trying to dig in, you know, this is absolutely ridiculous. What, you know, what's happening, you know, and just asking that person, you know, can you tell me more? Tell me more about how you're feeling. Um, tell me more about why this is upsetting to you or why this comes as a surprise to you. you How about telling them to calm down? No, (laughs) don't ever, don't ever tell me to calm down. That I've told the story before about um, a simulation exercise I was doing with a client and an actor, and it was uh, to use Lester, to use the Lester tool. And this guy was the client. He was about, I don't know, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and the, the woman who was playing the role, the actor we had hired, was about 5'2", five, 5'3". Five, and the scene is a, an elevator lobby, and the client's standing there, and he's supposed to be waiting for the elevator, and she's supposed to come in and shout at him, you've got to do something about such and such and be really angry. And his job is to use Lester to defuse her. And the first guy that went up reached, while she's yelling, reached out and took hold of her arm just above the elbow and said, now, Susan, you need to calm down. Honestly, it was so, and people in the room went, (gasps) you could hear the gasp. And then um, we actually broke the scene so that he could understand he wasn't, there was no recovering from that. Yeah, no. And now the second guy that went up, or the same guy, I can't remember, when he tried it again, he actually said, walk with me for a bit so we can talk about it. And the, the process of walking or um, getting, asking someone to sit down or say, mm-hmm. hey, have a seat, let's talk about this, was able to give that person that, that minute yeah. to pause. Especially when someone's coming into your office as the manager, they're standing, you're sitting, yeah. and they're kind of like leaning over you and shaking their finger at you potentially. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that first step is really to listen, try and pull out more information. Um, and you know, the second step of Lester is to echo back what you're hearing. So I hear you're really frustrated. I hear that you're upset. Um, this really starts to diffuse people's emotions when they recognize that you are witnessing the emotions that they're showing. Right. Right. Because it's nothing worse than someone saying, calm down, or you shouldn't be angry about yeah, yeah. this, or stop being emotional, or stop being upset is really not helpful. Mm-mm. What's really helpful to diffuse someone is to say, you seem really frustrated. You sound really angry. You, you know, I can tell this is upsetting for you. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. Right. Which That's it, like an instant, like bucket of water over someone. Yeah. And it's, it's not to say that it excuses the way they're behaving. Cause that's a whole separate issue, right? That once oh, yeah. this is resolved, you really want to talk about the appropriate behavior of barging into someone's office or losing your cool. Yeah. You don't want people to be able to barge into the office and lose yeah. their cool and not deal with that as a separate behavioral issue. But you don't want to try and deal with that in that moment when they're angry because they can't hear you. So yes. that whole idea of listening and then echoing back what you believe they're saying to you is what's used to help them automatically self-soothe, really, to get them to... Yeah. It's like pouring a bucket of water on somebody, on yeah. the Wicked Witch of the West, and, <laughs> and having her melt in front of you. I'll get you my pretty... Um, 
Yeah. So then our next step is to sympathize. And I prefer to refer to it as empathize rather than sympathize. Um, and that really means, you know, letting someone know that you can understand why they're feeling the way they are. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, you know, you never want to say things like, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> Cause that's really disingenuous and it's just gross. Just don't ever say that and say, you know, I can, I can see why this is frustrating for you, or I can, I, I can understand that this is a difficult conversation that we've got to have just yeah. saying that your feelings are okay. Yeah. It's okay that you're having these feelings again, not excusing someone for losing their cool, mm-hmm. but you know, let's say the person burst into tears you know, again, not an ideal scenario to be bursting into tears while you're at work, bursting into tears when you get feedback from your yeah. boss. But, you know, you know, sometimes it happens. Yeah. And you don't want to be saying to them, I'm so sorry you're upset. Yeah. I'm so sorry you're crying at work. Right. It's that is not the appropriate response. I can see you're upset is yeah. fine. This must be upsetting. I can tell this is hard for you. It, what that does yeah. is just mean that you're a human and you get that they're having a tough time. And for someone who, you know, has that personality preference for emotion and for feeling, and that's kind of their default, especially in times of stress, that's all they want to hear mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that you can recognize that this is difficult. You can recognize that they're upset. You can recognize that they're sad. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I can tell this is upsetting for you. I can see this is frustrating. I know that this isn't the conversation you want to be having today. Ugh. Right. Yeah. Because all of those things just, again, really help to diffuse that anger, diffuse that shock, diffuse whatever kind of explosive yeah. emotion someone is witnessing. And I think that kind of sentence just rolls into the T, the thank in Lester, because yeah. imagine if you say, I can see that this is a really tough thing for you to be coming to me about. Thank you for telling me. Thank you for coming. Yeah. It can that it people think Lester is a big long complicated tool. It literally can happen in a couple of sentences, but to be able to then say thank you for letting me know. Yeah. I think that's a an amazing one. Like, you know, whether you've brought someone in to give them a performance discussion that ends in kind of a salary, you know, raise or not a raise, or whether they've come into your office demanding one, you know, demanding one, either way you want to say like, thanks for like bringing your concerns to my attention. Mm -hmm. Thanks for, um, flagging this really tough conversation with me. Thanks for starting this conversation that, you know what, we do really need to have. What do you say to your students, um, when you've been teaching this before who actually say, no way. I don't want to thank them for yelling at me. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're it, it, it's difficult. You, what you want to do is thank them for actually bringing it to your attention and not to, like just talking about it at the water cooler. Yeah. Like and allowing the issue from the behavior kind of yeah, thing. And not allowing them to just sit at their desk and mm-hmm. skulk and further reduce their performance mm-hmm. because they're so frustrated about not having this conversation with you that their performance is declining anyways. Yeah. So, you know, you want people to feel comfortable talking to you about these things. Hopefully the next time they come and talk to you, it isn't with this, like, yeah, this anger, this uh, anger. And, and this, this whole Lester is also about building that trust because if they can come into you and to talk to you or when faced with something, they can lose their cool and you can react calmly and then separately talk about it and go, you know, I know this is an issue. We're going to talk about how it, you might better ask me next time or how it, you might better bring this up, but not right now. Let's talk about the issue. Yeah. 
And that just builds that trust so that the next time they'll come to you as well when they're upset. And probably not, like you say, come in with guns flaring. Yeah, yeah. Blazing. And I, yeah, guns blazing. Guns flaring. flaring? I don't know. Hmm. Guns blazing. Um, so the next part is to evaluate what options are available. And, you know, when I'm the, you know, the manager in this scenario, I really like to put that out to the person. Like, what are some options for how we can you know, make this better, mm-hmm. you know, and in this case, it's like, well, give me the raise, you know, so yeah, you might want to, you, you might want to preface that by saying, given that we've discussed that we cannot give you a raise this, this year, this quarter, this whatever, you know, what options do we have to get you to the place that you need yeah. to be? What needs to happen? You know, and I think, you know, you said before about people that have a preference for um, emotions and feeling this part can appeal to those people who have the need the plan, right? They need the logic. They need the plan. They need to, okay, if not now, when? And yeah. what do I need to do? Exactly. The doers, right? Yeah. What, what do I need to do to get this raise? Like, okay, now mm-hmm. I'm over it. What do I need to do to get it next time? Mm-hmm. And that's when you start to have, you know, whether it's a more formal performance discussion or some goal setting or whatever that might be to say, okay, here are the things that I think we need to work on to get you in the position for your bonus next quarter or your salary raise next quarter. Mm-hmm. Here's how it needs to happen. Dee, 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 dee. Mm-hmm. And then your last step step of Lester is then to resolve and say, okay, you know, so wrap good. it up. Yeah. So based on our discussion, here's what we talked about. Here's what we decided to do. Here's what we need to see in the next month. Let's follow up you know, one month from now, set, let's set up a meeting and have a talk about where you're at and see if we're starting to see the changes that I'm looking for. I think it's the most amazing tool because its sole purpose is to diffuse anger. And yet it also results in an action plan as well. So that anger is yeah. usually diffused by the time you say, thank you for coming to me because you've listened to them. You've confirmed that what they're saying or what you think they're saying is actually what they're saying. Because it could be within the emotion they're saying 80 things and you have to pull out the one. So you've confirmed that in the echoing piece. And the I'm, I'm, I know that this is difficult for you. I can see that. Thank you for telling me. And that's when usually they it's like the bucket of water. Because now it's, oh, I was ready to fight. I was ready for you to just get mad back at me. Yeah. I was ready for you not to engage. And you've just People that are that mad me. really want you to fight back. Yeah. This they tool do. is really... They're poking the bear. It's frustrating for yeah. them because... I they, know your best friend is Nicole, and that's why you gave her the extra salary. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, and that's a great point, too, to talk about. One of the things that we often find people... Um, bring up with us when we have these conversations is there's always that person that knows how to redirect a conversation and get you off track Mm -hmm. Um, and people who are really skilled at um, arguing at um, controlling conversations gaslighting Mm -hmm. um, are really good at somehow you know, changing the topic and oh, saying, yeah. well, you gave so-and-so a raise and they also did not do all these things. And you, you kind of, yeah. suddenly you're and like suddenly in a you're panic. you're defending the other person instead of saying, we're not here to talk about Nicole. Exactly. And that's the strategy, right? Yeah. So the strategy when you have that person that's constantly diffusing and redirecting your line of thought is to keep redirecting back, you know? that's great. We're not talking about Andrew in this conversation. We're talking about you, Peter. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, 
you know, or sometimes people in arguments, you know, I'll get mad at my husband all the time and then I'll say, well, this happened and this happened. And he'll say, well, five years ago you did this and then this and then this. And, you know, I kind of have to say, well, we're not talking, you know, right now we're having this conversation about this particular issue, not what happened yeah. five years ago. Yeah. Right. So well, it's a classic avoidance technique. Yeah. I don't want to talk about right now. So I will either deflect to somebody else or another time. Yeah. And that works with a lot of, as we cover in our series, a lot of these difficult conversations. But I think, as you've summed it up, that ability to be really clear in the mess. So it's a formal conversation. I'm telling you, I need to be really clear. And then whether it, that devolves into anger or there's a, an ad hoc, you know, on the spur of the moment uh, anger conversation, then Lester comes in. And it really helps you not only diffuse that person's anger, but have a plan. Yeah. So to, to recap, you know, our three kind of steps, if you need to tell someone that they're not getting a raise or a bonus or whatever this year, or whether they barge into your office and demand a raise, um, the first step is to be clear and articulate about your stance, right? You know, don't, don't be wishy-washy at this point and say, well, maybe we can give you a raise. Like, you need to now stick to it and say, all right, let's be clear. Yeah. You are not getting a raise, and it is, it is for these reasons, whatever they may be. Mm-hmm. Pause. Now you're going to wait for the response of the person. Are they, is there steam blowing out of both of their ears like mm-hmm. a car- cartoon, cartoon character? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if so, now you move right into Lester. Mm-hmm. Listen to what's actually being said and see if you can find out what that source of anger is. Is this shock because they've never heard you tell them that their performance is poor? Like, is this coming out of nowhere for them? And is that why they're so upset? Is this because something's going on at home um, that is like exacerbating a situation for Mm -hmm. them? Making it it like the straw that breaks the camel's back. They can't handle any more bad news today. Exactly. So really dig in, listen, echo, repeat back what you heard from that person to make sure that you are sharing the same truth, Mm -hmm. um, that you are understanding the words and you're repeating it back to them and that it's clear for both of you that you understand the facts and the, the, the lay of the land, so to speak. Yeah. Um, sympathize slash empathize, you know, really state that you can understand why they might be frustrated, upset, angry, um, and that you can see that this is a frustrating, upsetting, angering conversation really helps people calm down and, and you know, instantly diffuse a lot of that anger. Thank them for actually having an open conversation with you. Again, you're not thanking for them for screaming at you. You want to make sure you deal with the approach and, and whether the, the way that the conversation went down was actually work appropriate. appropriate. Um, but at a minimum, thank them for being honest and not sitting back and stewing at their desk and just calling in sick to work for yeah. the next five yeah. days. Um, and then the kind of real crux of Lester is to actually do something about it. So evaluate what possible options are there to resolve this issue or get to a new state where they're not angry anymore, um, and then resolve it. Mm -hmm. And by resolve it, it means follow up with it. So Mm -hmm. step three is be accountable now. So don't just let this scenario drop. Do what you say you're going to do. Right? You say you're going to help this person get to that next 
salary band by helping them improve this. Well, now you need to step up to the plate to manager and do the, you know, the accountable things that are required of you to stay on top of that, mm-hmm. right? And say, hey, we were supposed to meet to talk about this. Let's do it. Let's do it. So make that time, keep that door open, actually do the do. Do the do. I, I It's it's critical, that follow-up piece, because people slide and they'll say, well, don't you remember we talked about it a year ago? That's not good enough. No. So it, as much as people might like to say, but it is on Peter to make sure he does those things to get the, the raise, 100%. it's also on the manager if, if the manager wants their team to be um, a high-performing high team. They need to provide that leadership and that yeah. guidance and force the accountability somewhat. Well, yeah. And especially if, you know, you're going to have this conversation and, you know, it was a loud and crazy yeah. guns blazing scenario. Um, now you actually do need to be accountable and also follow up and say like, hey, Peter, now that we've had that conversation, it's a week later. How are you doing? How are you feeling about that? OK, we talked about those performance things. Now can we talk about your approach yeah. to that scenario. Can we talk about some options for how you approach that differently? Yeah. Um, and you know, now you're also keep holding them accountable. That behavior is not, not okay. okay. Exactly. I might even go so far as to say when they leave the office after the R in Lester, it's yeah. resolved on the way out. Thanks again for coming to me. I do want to follow up another time, like maybe in a few days on how you could have approached this maybe a little differently, but not today. Yeah. Right. Whether you do that at the very end, it depends. You don't want to bring them down again if they're on a high note. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle of the conversation. But to let them know, to set the stage, that you're Mm -hmm. not going to forget about that. It's not okay. It's not okay. So So angry um, people. Angry people. Peter, no pay raise for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Next week on the podcast, one of our favorite topics, Peter smells like salmon. (laughs) Or some other strange smell very awkward conversation so next week um you will be able to find out how to have that super uncomfortable conversation whether it's about um how an employee is dressed um how an employee smells um food smells which can be super uncomfortable we will talk about it all on episode three um and for now if you want to um, check out additional details about this podcast Um, We've written a little summary that is on the blog, so just check it out at www.whiteboardconsulting.ca. And please do check out our social channels. Send us questions um, on Twitter or on Facebook or even on Instagram if you have any. If there are conversations that you need to have and you want to have a little chat about how you can make them less awkward, send us a note and maybe we can cover that in a future podcast. Awesome. Until next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.